So in this last part, I'll talk about federated machine learning. So what do we mean by federated machine learning? Basically, the idea is that we have um, many different systems. So say, for example, mobile devices, and um, we don't have a central data consolidation. So the, the data needs to need is federated on different devices. So say, for example, mobile phones. And the idea is, for example, that we have privacy concerns. So the data cannot be sent uh, centrally to a server, but we need to use the data on the devices. And uh, this can be for privacy, as I said, privacy concerns can also be because of data submission rates or power caps and for personalization and sharing. So maybe we don't really want to have a, a general model in the center uh, or the same model in all devices. So, and why would we do this? And one reason is just because say, for example, on your mobile phone, your data is more relevant to your problem or to your personalization than somebody else's data. And um, then your data is privacy sensitive. So you don't necessarily wanna share all your data. And so the, the labels can actually be inferred from the user interaction. So you don't really need to send all this data, but you can only send the model updates. And uh, so an example would be the language modeling uh, for mobile keyboards or voice recognition, right? So you don't necessarily want all your voice to be sent to a server, but of course you want a trained and updated model. And the model should be personalized to your uh, system. So, but of course there are challenges and the big challenge of course is this massively distributed so if you think about voice recognition on a mobile phone you have millions of phones and um, each of them need their own model and each of them the models need to be updated and of course at the same time you want to have some information and you want to have um, a central model that gets improved over time and the communication to these devices is limited and it's unreliable. So we don't really know when a, mobile, when a system will be or a device will be available or no, if it will go offline somewhere in between. So we cannot estimate that this device at a certain point in time will be there and we can use the data at, at our will, but we basically have to use it when it's there or we have to get the updates when they're there. And if they don't come or the device is shut down, well, then it's gone. The data is completely unbalanced so the devices will have very different amounts of data and of course the availability and uh, compute nodes are unreliable which is uh, part of the uh, massively distributed problem as i said so but now what we can do still we can train on these systems and we can build a, a model across all of these systems and the idea is that uh, while we're converging we're selecting a random subset of clients and then in, in parallel send the current parameters of the model to all those clients and then we need to do some training and these we do on the client. So at each client will receive the parameters, we're pulling them, we run some mini batch SGD steps, so stochastic gradient descent and produce a new model and then we re return um, the averaging. So the new model updates uh, back to the server and then the server can update the overall model based on all of the updates that it received. And of course, uh, this is done in parallel and highly distributed at the individual clients. 
So from a yeah, protocol point point view, we have several rounds. So in each round, we'll get updates. So if say, for example, we have Android phones. Um, first, we select several phones. And uh, in from the server, we will basically then say, okay, these phones um, at a certain training time um, will be selected to get an update. Then we do some configuration, we do some training. So the, the model on the phone is updated and the phones report back the new models and they are ag aggregated at the central server side. And uh, then again, we'll send a new model to the new, um, new phones. And of course, every time a lot of these uh, phones will, will not be available, but with some of them, we'll be able to work and we'll get some uh, information back. And this is good to update our model. And um, doing this many times, we can basically then get, um, yeah, get an improved model that is personalized uh, or is, better configured based on the current usage of the devices, based on the data on the devices, but we only get the model updates. We don't need the data of all of the devices. And uh, so on, on the device itself, um, the system or the device actually needs to collect the repository of all the local data and um, then makes this um, data available locally via certain uh, dedicated API. So then um, the, some kind of training process can access the data. In the configuration step, um, we of course need to make sure that we don't have a negative impact on the battery usage um, or the battery life and the data usage. So we, we cannot just arbitrarily train uh, as much as we want because otherwise the, the phone will just get hot and the battery will die quickly. So, but we do some, uh, some training and some evaluation. And uh, this of course needs to be done in a multi-tenant fashion. So we might have multiple different kinds of trainings on the same device, depending on the, the, the models that we want to do. And uh, so we have uh, some kind of federated learning runtime on the system uh, on each of the device. Uh, we have the app processes that uh, have the uh, that store the, the sample data, and this will then be used to con to configure or to to train the updated models. And the model updates will be sent to the server, while uh, the current model in the training plan will come from the server. And on the server side. We have like this actor programming model. And if you want to learn more about this, there's other uh, lectures and uh, yeah, where you can really learn this in detail. But the idea is basically that we have this asynchronous process and um, an active um, model of, of, um, of programming. So rather than doing a synchronous uh, update, this is really highly dynamic. And it's communications through message passing. And um, the actors sequentially process uh, a stream of events um, from the devices. And uh, centrally, we have a, a coordinator that coordinates certain selectors that are persistent and that will pull uh, the information or get receive the information from the devices. And then um, like during certain aggregation rounds, um, the coordinator will create an, an aggregator, a master aggregator and sub aggregators that then aggregate the information and um, will build, uh, update the models and uh, do a, 
yeah, so a pipeline selection and aggregation. And of course, we need some form of uh, fault tolerance and uh, that will be done on the, in this master server. So this can be a single server, of course, can be multiple servers. And this will be, um, will be scaled by the number of actors that we're using. And with this, we can train our model um, in a federated setup. So we basically do the training in the, uh, on the locally on the device in a completely highly massively distributed um, setup and keep the data on the devices. So we never aggregate all the data. We're just aggregating the gradients, which is similar to some extent to this parameter server idea with the difference that we never have the full data available. So we don't have, um, we have, don't have ownership and don't have control over the data. The data is on the devices and the devices really decide which data they use for training and well, which data they actually collect in the, in the first place. And uh, with the data, uh, we're actually coming to the last step, which is, or the last uh, thing that I wanna discuss, uh, which is a sort of an excursus on data ownership. So, and this is a big problem these days and it's continuously evolving. So the, the question is who really owns data? Of course, a vendor sells a machine to some kind of middleman um, who then uses this uh, to test something um, and say, for example, to test uh, equipment of a customer. So an example would be, um, well, let's say uh, a car manufacturer, right? Builds the car, uh, but then we have a sensor that is built into the car or some kind of control unit that another company builds. And then we have a customer who buys the car. So who owns the data? The person that built the sensor, the car manufacturer or the owner of the car? And it's usually, um, this is somehow negotiated in contract. And uh, yeah, so, and of course, the qu question is always, what do we do, right? So do we do data privacy or do we give all the data in order to have uh, better models? And this is a huge trade-off. And of course, in, in Europe, we're opting usually for privacy, but it's really hard to ensure that this is really working out. And um, federated machine learning creates sort of a new spectrum for this because you're not giving away all of the data. You're just giving away uh, some of the characteristics of the data for the machine learning model. So the data itself stays private. Um, only the, the gradients are shared. And uh, then of course we could also just share aggregated gradients. So this will give us an additional level of, um, of privacy. Or of course we can we can completely share the data, and this I like all these different kind of levels will give you different versatility of the data. Will give you different um, features that you can work with, or will make you safer in terms of data privacy. Because of course, as soon as you give all your data, um, well, the person working with your data knows basically everything about you. And with that, we're actually through uh, with uh, machine learning systems. So what did we cover? I gave you a bit of a motivation why we need machine learning systems or what we use them for. And in, in this part of the lecture, 
or this, this set of videos really talked about the training. Of course, there's also the scoring and there's the pre-processing, right? There's additional steps that we need to do. The pre-processing is something that we typically would do with other big data systems, right? So using Spark, et cetera, we can do all this. But of course, we might also use machine learning tools um, for the pre-processing. I gave you some examples there. And then uh, the inference is another point, right? Where we're just using the model to answer questions. So we didn't really cover this in this, uh, in this set of slides. Um, but I gave you kind of the stack for the different kind of parts uh, of machine learning systems or what they are comprised of. And you saw this is somewhat similar um, to big data systems um, with a bit more specialization, of course, to machine learning. Then uh, we learned a bit about language abstractions and system architectures. I gave you details about SystemML, um, a system that's now actually called SystemDS. And um, then we talked about the different kind of execution strategies that you would use. So how do you do data parallel execution? We looked at matrix formats there, task parallel execution. So how to um, parallelly execute, say, for example, a for loop with different kind of um, instances of model training. And then we talked about parameter servers and finally federated machine learning. And in the next part, we'll talk about modern hardware. So we touched on um, GPUs already, but we'll also talk about RDMA and how to use modern uh, CPUs in general. And uh, with that, thank you very much uh, for listening. Uh, as usual, you can ask your questions in Moodle, you can send me an email, or uh, we'll meet in the Q&A sessions and talk about things you would be interested in.